This is the Transformation Bros Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jason and Nathan. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 47. Hey Nathan. Good. Welcome back, people. Welcome. Yeah. Good to have you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Um, have you guys had a great weekend? Yeah. I hope everyone's had a great weekend. Welcome to the show. <laughs> and I have had a great weekend myself, or a great week even. What about That's you? Good. Uh, yep, pretty good. Pretty busy. Um, really had some great work with all my clients this week. Everyone's doing really well. Uh, yeah, one of my clients this week just got a national distribution contract, 92 stores he's getting his product into, which is wow. absolutely huge. He's such a, an incredible client, and he's worked so hard to get that stuff. Um, and we talked a lot this week, uh, him and I, about how you know he's had some a few customers that have left him that have, right. have pulled out and it's really upset him, you know, and he's, so he's emailing them and trying to deal with their concerns. And I just reminded him of, of the concept of 80, 20, that mm. 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your customers and 80% of your problems and issues come from only 20% of your customers. And one of the best yeah. things you can do for business, which is really scary when you're a new business and you're just starting out and every dollar counts is to fire the 20% of clients that give you 80% of the headaches. They're actually not worth it. I said, you've spent an hour writing an email back and forth to this woman to try and appease her to get a quick deal. When you've, on the other hand here, you've just signed up to have your product in 92 stores across the country. Go and nurture that, put an hour into that relationship. And, yeah. you know, so sometimes we get so down in the weeds and we're so focused on every dollar coming in, it all feels so precious and we get, triggered you know that that people are leaving that we sort of lose perspective so it's a reminder if you are in business if you have your own business to focus on the customers that pay you the money and that are easy and fun and love what you do and dump uh, the yes. rest <laughs> that's good yeah, don't be I afraid to fire um, customers yeah you're fired it's not a very good donald trump um impersonation no, but anyway kiwi vision. I, yeah it was a very kiwi vision um I actually, because I've only managed to do do that over the last few years, and I use it as, as an opportunity to speak my truth with my customers and say to them, hey, you realize like this is not going to work. With you doing that or doing this, this is actually not going to work. And we're over here trying to do really good work, but when you present this or whatever the situation is, we can't do the work that we really love doing. So I... I I use it as an opportunity to uh, better educate pe- my customers and sort of leave with a bit of grace. Mm. And yeah, it feels good. And rather than just like getting rid of them per se. And That's then, brilliant. I, yeah, and I find they tend to um, deselect themselves <laughs> because people that don't want to hear the truth, they're just going to drift away. I actually don't have to do anything. Yeah, I remember doing that with um, some friends as well. You know, I didn't have to, you know, there's this cancel culture and all of this, like, um, don't put up with this negative energy and don't do this. You don't have people around you that do this. I tell you what, you start mentioning some truth to them and they're just going to, they're either going to flare up and you have to excuse yourself or they're going to drift away because the truth actually is a bit hurtful for some people. Yeah, but it's self-selecting, isn't it? It is self-selecting. So it's a good way to do it. I think also served me. That's awesome, yeah. And it's um, I, I really like the phrase too, like this is not going to work. So it's not you're bad or you're wrong or 
you're you know a shit customer it's more like hey in this current setup this doesn't work for us so we can try and find a way to make it work for both of us or hey we'll go our separate ways it's a really good yeah. communication tool talking about what's working or not working yeah and it's a practice to be able to speak that to you to anybody really because mm, sure imagine is. if yeah, I mean, for me, if I could have just been like that from day one, I would have had eight years of not having to be that way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know? So this is a learned behavior. Yeah. I also notice, uh, like with any kind of uh, work when we're transforming and we're starting a new life, with my client with his new business, there's a lot of, he inherited the, well, he bought the business, so he inherited a lot of the customers and stuff. And so he's right. slowly bringing his he's a phenomenal leader. So he's bringing his flavor of leadership in. He's hired two or three new staff. He's got this new nationwide contract. So he's transforming the business into a reflection of him. So naturally the staff and the clients that aren't in alignment with that are going to start falling away. You know, they, they might be threatened by your way of being, or they just don't like you, or, you know, in some cases they're getting, you know, they had a really a couple of handshake deals with, you know, some of the other people before you came in. And so they just don't like the way you do it now that it's all above board or whatever. So I said to him, look, yeah. you, um, th- this is, this is cool. What's happening. Let, let it go. We, sometimes we try to cling to things when they want to collapse, when they want to fall away. But, you know, in, in autumn time and fall, the tree doesn't try to hold onto its leaves. It knows that it has to shed all its leaves so it can survive the winter and, and grow new things in the spring. So, we don't need to cling to things when we're transforming. Let stuff go that wants to go. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when you let it go, new stuff comes, you know, that's what happens actually. Always. You make room for new stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's more aligned. Hard to you trust that. Why. You know, when you're a new business, that's why you hire a coach that can help you see that and, you know, get you a little bit out of that short-term panic. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um Oh, I've uh, started my coaching company. I named it. Congratulations. What did you name it? Um, <laughs> I was going to say something funny, but it actually didn't. It sounded ridiculous in my head. Sorry about that. Um, communication coaching. Yeah, communication coaching. Cool. Why did so, you yeah, choose that? Uh, um, a lot of what I've been learning, and I hate to sound like a record, but um, this whole communicate way of communicating in relationships or basically any form of human com- communication, I've basically learned that new way, and that's what I want to start um, coaching and teaching. Yeah, mm, I love that. Mm, thanks. I I've been practicing calling myself a leadership a leadership coach lately. And oh, you said that, yeah, yeah. That's been really interesting because I looked at my work. And kind of thought, well, what is it? Like, what is what is the work I'm doing? And everything that I talk about is actually growing leaders. Mm. It, someone might not necessarily come to me and go, I want to be a leader. They might not explicitly say that. But I'm actually, everything I'm doing is helping people um, get fully aligned with their mission because they, they want to make an impact. They want to create a business. They want to make money. And all those things involve leadership. And involve you taking a hundred percent responsibility for yourself and your life, um, and being in integrity and being really clear and direct with what you mean and how you communicate. These are actually all really powerful leadership tools. So I realise actually, I'm a leadership coach. That's what I'm going to talk about when I when I meet people. And that's yeah, that's good. fantastic. 
Yeah, mm. and it's good to speak it into the world, as we know. Um, and we've we've we talk a lot about that sort of stuff, don't we? I we don't do. know if you've been following the podcast, but we're I have, all yeah, over that I'm here every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Follow it very closely. And then today we're going to talk about some, you know, what's inspired action, like what joins the dots between the the thought, the thinking, the the vision, and where the rubber meets the road, and actually getting this stuff you know the doing coming out in real life the doing yeah yeah you and i love the deep work we love i think we're mm. both natural healers we're both um empathic and intuitive so we love actually feeling into you know people's energy and what's going on yeah. for them what's trauma there what needs to be healed what they need to work on so that they can get who they're being right mm. if you don't get mm. your being right you could have every strategy in the book to make money or meet the right person and it'll all fail. You can do exactly the right thing. If your energy is not aligned, nothing will work. It yeah, sucks. hundred percent. Or it'll yeah. work and you'll sabotage it to align back to who you're being. Yeah. And also we can get a certain amount of results from just pushing through. I mean, for sure. gosh, that's, I did, did that for years or decades even. That's right. So I think um, I'm certainly guilty of sometimes neglecting the fact that in order to be successful, and when I'm talking about successful, I mean creating results based on you being your authentic truth, um, the mission, the impact you want to make in the world. Having success at that still requires you to take a lot of inspired and a lot of times uncomfortable action. So mm. it's not just a case of, okay, get your being right, get everything lined up, and then just walk around and everything will magically come to you. <laughs> still going to be times where you're going to have to actually have some discipline, have some habits to actually focus and do the shit that actually gets the results. Yeah. The shit that needs doing. Yeah. The stuff that's got to be done is, yeah. So how, how does this work for you? You've got a busy life, three kids, coaching business, running a recruitment company, going on holiday three times a month. It's hard to manage all of that. Um, how do you make sure that you, are always doing the stuff that you maybe don't necessarily want to do, but you know it's what has your life work? Yeah, good question. Um, it's, well, for a start, it's got to be the planning. It's got to be the the calendars and the the lists. We've talked about to-do lists, haven't we? And <laughs> we I did. confess that I'm definitely a to-do lister. Yeah. Um, so I have to, so I'll have systems in place for that. Um, and. They're not perfect either, by the way. I don't want to make them sound like they work like a well-oiled machine. But what I've um, my replacement for a well-oiled machine is like three backups for every <laughs> for every little thing. Mm. So that yeah, it's a bit like planes, isn't it, Nate? You'd know all about that. Like yep. redundancy. What we call it. Yeah. What do you call it? Redundancy. Yeah. Yeah. Backups. So for yeah, backups for backups. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I. I use that a lot, but it's what what gets me doing the things that I don't really want to do. Um, and I remember a long time ago, it was eat the frog first, like and first thing in the morning. I I employed that strategy for a long time. Sit at, sit at my desk, look at the list, or think about what I've got to do, and then do the hardest one, get that one out of the way because that's the one that's still hanging around at five o'clock. Mm. Um, so I did a lot of those sort of strategies over the last ten years that now just kind of work like i have no hesitation in just doing something that's difficult 
Mm. Um, I don't know if that's what you mean by that, but that's what's there for me because this is a lot that's of it's a big one. Yeah, the, practices that have had to be put in place over time. Yeah, yeah. But you, I imagine, I, like if you, you still have to do a lot, right? Yeah, to have yeah. your life work. There's still a lot of doing involved, even though you've yeah. done a lot of work on your being. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think that that I, I don't eat the frog first. That's probably my biggest challenge. I, I stop I hate the idea of a to-do list. I just find it so dry and like it feels like eating cardboard. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> so I call yeah. mine the um what I get to create today. I wrote oh, nice. on the top of my notes. I put what I get to create today. And that just feels a little bit more inspiring for me. Um nice. and I'll write down whatever it is, five, seven things. And then I always avoid the hard one, the big one. So I, right. I click off the easy ones first and yeah. get it's some like, wins under the belt. Totally. And so, for example, I know I've got to write um, a bunch of content, you know, for social media this week. It's been on my to-do list since Monday and we're now on, um, I don't even know what date it is, but Wednesday, I think. And yeah. it's still sitting there, you know, and it's, I can feel mm. it's heavy in my body. It's heavy in my body that it's still there, but that's a hard thing for me. Writing content takes something for me. Yeah, um, I have a lot of resistance. To quote uh, Stephen Pressfield, "The War of Art," I have a lot of resistance in me, um, and so it keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to the end, while I work through all the easier stuff. Yeah, I can relate. Yeah, I, I relate to the heaviness of things, but for me, just getting out and doing them. I've done a lot of challenges as well. That's mm. another way that I've worked on my discipline, like my 3K running every day for a month, for 30 mm. days. That's kind of trained my brain to push myself through those uncomfortable things, I guess. What do I do on the daily? On the daily... Um, what do you do when yeah, you for don't me want to do stuff? I just go do something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, Oh, it's a good question. Because it's, it's a big yeah. thing. I, you know, I've heard a lot from my mentors saying that, like, the return on investment, the ROI of focusing is bigger than anything else you can do. And right. I've got a little bit of ADD. And so, like, ADD for me looks like I'll go, okay, I need to go and pay the power bill and then I open my phone and then I see, Oh, there's something already open on my phone. And then I'll go onto that. And then I'll go, what did I come on my phone for? And then I'll forget. And then I'll go, Oh man, I should write that. And then I'll start writing something. And then I'll go, Oh, what? I haven't done the washing. I can see my washing over there. And then I'm doing my washing and I just bounce <laughs> from thing to thing to thing. And everything is sort of half finished. And so for me, I, I know, say it again the roi on focus is greater than anything i can do so the habit i've really been training myself into is going don't jump from one thing to another and that's my mind is all my mind wants to do is do 15 things at once and just bounce from between all of them so now i try to um for example if i'm going to write content i i put on a um a thing called binaural beats and they have a, it's on Spotify, binaural beats, and they have a focus playlist that plays music to help you focus. So I'll put that on and it literally, I can feel it. It really helps my brain focus. Oh, and then wow. I'll try and just really stay in the zone, even if it's challenging for like a good 30 minutes. Um, because I know that 
focus and just that 30 minutes of really good focus work on one thing has a massive ROI for me versus Mm, me bouncing mm. from one thing to another to another and never quite getting anything done fully. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I bet you have a um, satisfaction ROI as well. Huge. Yeah, yeah. It's that fulfillment once you do you know, sit for that 30 minutes and get stuff done. Yeah. And I don't, um, a lot of my clients are like workaholics and um, they, they get their wealth from their work, you know, and they have a lot of childhood stories about like, you got to work hard and my dad worked hard. And so, you know, in order to get my dad's love, I had to show him how hard I work. I do not have that. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't give a fuck about working. Like if you said I never had to work again, I'm not lifting a finger. Like I'm lazy. <laughs> so it's uh yeah. it really takes something for me to actually work hard. But there's a tremendous to your point, there's a tremendous satisfaction when I actually focus and just knock out the shit that I've got to knock out. It feels so yeah. good. I feel like a real sense of of fulfillment and like I'm doing what I I'm on mission, you know? I'm doing the yeah. the the grunt work that I just have to do to move towards my mission. Jason and Nathan. Man, I wonder what the percentages of people that are like workaholics compared to the rest of us. Because I'm not a workaholic. I'll, <laughs> I will do, I'll do a lot. Like I can do a lot and I'll continually do it. Like I'll, I could be doing something at nine o'clock because I love it or I'll get up early and I'll work on stuff or I'll work all day. But it's not very often that I would consider myself a workaholic. It's a different type of um, driver there that i well, don't you're have. the same like you i think you don't have any trouble stopping no like you you yeah. don't when you're when you go for away for a long weekend you don't check your work email or anything like no. you know, i you can know. i i will do if it's interesting you know it yeah, pops yeah. Up, doesn't it i don't turn it off but you don't go right but, i need um, to go and get won't. some work done you know because you love yeah. work yeah yeah so yeah i wonder um what the percentage is there but for the rest of us we're after 15 different things and shiny (laughs) objects yeah i think a lot of people will relate to that that kind of Mm. struggle to focus yeah the war of art is a phenomenal book by stephen pressfield and he talks about it um like i said he calls it the resistance and he says that like anytime we try to take on something new uh, a creative project some art writing a book starting a new business getting six-pack abs all these things that we're always trying to do the immediate thing that comes up is a resistance a sabotage writer's Mm. block um Mm. just a laziness just anything but even though we know deep down we we want these things like we want these things for ourselves we know there is art and truth that wants to come out of us that we want to share in different ways through music or writing or painting or you know through a business or whatever it's like there's still this ginormous mountain that we have to cross every day to create that thing to bring it into the world to do the work to do the work that is required to bring those things into the world and that thing's called resistance and so he frames it up in lots of different ways but um you know, there's like 80 chapters or whatever, and they're each sort of two or three pages, each kind of framing up the idea of resistance in a different way. And you resonate with some and you don't resonate with others. But he sort of talks about it in one chapter as being like a dragon that you have to slay. You have to be like the resistance warrior that gets up every morning and, you know, goes into battle and slays through the resistance to get shit done. 
Yeah, I love what you're talking about here. That's brilliant because mm. there's a there's there's this um oh what would it be called out there in the world but a, a like a feeling like when someone's managed through that and become successful where it's like oh well that must you know I'm so jealous of someone who can do it so easily or you know oh look at that they've they've you know how do they get to do it when I have this resistance but actually it's not that they're lucky it's probably that they've pushed through that resistance yeah i think most people are going to have it yeah yeah that's right what is it like 10 years for an overnight success for sure yeah nobody just naturally naturally creates i'm sure there's a there's always the exception to the rule and you know we'll always hear about them but the rest of the people are out there with the you know with some form of that resistance that you're talking about yeah 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 so how do we best get over that how do we you know what are the what are the daily things if that's showing up in our lives? Well, the beautiful thing about um, Stephen Pressfield's work and, and naming this this resistance is that um, we have awareness. It brings awareness to it, and even you know people listening to this podcast now will go, "Oh God, that's me. I have that man. It's so cool to know that that struggle is normal because it is super mm-hmm. normal. Yeah, yeah. Anything that you know, anything that has to be created, like, um, you know, the, the sculptor that starts out with the big piece of stone in front of him, he has to chip away at that every day until the, the statue appears underneath it. Yeah. We have to do the same thing. And so having awareness of this resistant, resistance and going, hey, oh, I'm procrastinating because of the resistance. It's not because I'm wrong or I'm lazy or I don't want to do it or whatever, or I'm not good enough. It's the resistance that comes up because this actually really means something to me. I'm actually mm. doing, I'm actually attempting something that really matters to me. And so the natural, mm. the equal and opposite force that pops up is resistance to that. And part of the human condition and part of life's experiment is that we have to overcome resistance in order to get what we want. In order to live our destiny, we have to go and slay the dragon every day. Yeah, that's so, right. So it's the awareness of that whole thing that helps you to get through it. Yeah, and then you, um, what about discipline and habits? Because they play a big role, don't they? Huge, and I hate both of them. Yeah, but they me do. Too. They do. Yeah, they do. Habits, I think, is a really good one. Like, um, oh, you know, you have to find habits for yourself, but like. For me, you know, health and fitness, you guys all know that I love squash and it's never a chore. You know, I go and spend two and a half hours sweating my ass off and just about collapsing. Um, and it feels great. I love it. I love it. I found something that makes exercise a joy. And Mm. you'll never see me in the gym for two and a half hours slogging it out on the (laughs) on the treadmill or something like that. It brings me no joy. So I think that's integration. Mm. It's integration and it's all fine. Also finding a way to gamify your challenges. So, yeah. you know, anything you have that you're trying to create, if you can find a way to turn it into a fun game where you're competing to win the resistance, like we love that. We love winning a game. Yeah. yeah true. We love a bit of competition. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And what I like it? integration. Hmm. What what is it for your business though? Like, what is it? What are the things? Like, if you think about where you are in your business, which is sort of like that visionary role, 
the direction and everything. What are the things that you know you have to do in this current role that you that the business won't work? It'll start not working if you don't have the discipline to keep showing up with those things. What are those things for you? Yeah, good question. Um, for me, it's staying on staying on top of um, where the business is going and like holding that overarching thing so that the people in it can work inside that structure because if I can't hold that structure and keep it going and look this is this has got a bit shaky this year even so this is a it's always an ongoing process of what's working what's not working um holding things like staff meetings so I catch up with the staff regularly I've just implemented that actually so that because as a business grows we can it can get a bit wrangly (laughs) <laughs> There's a few more people in there. And so now, oh, like that wasn't communicated properly. That wasn't communicated properly. With you can stuff can get lost in translation or just lost in the office. So um yeah, showing up, having my energy there, um, being clear, keeping the direction, keeping the focus, checking in. Yeah, it's quite a different role for me. And mm. this this I think we've talked about this this year is that. I am taking on a different role because of the business is running itself really, really well with the great people that I've got. So I am transitioning into a new, new role. And why has it got shaky this year? Um, just the communicate, like communication, communication, communication. That's the rule. And it's very, I learned this a long time ago. It's very easy to implement something and even one or two people don't get it, don't get the, the memo. Um, they don't, or they don't understand the memo. So it's that clarity and um, making sure the message gets through. But also, you know, it doesn't have to be one way. This is what we're doing. Everybody do this. It's like get the message out there and then discuss it. How does it feel? Is it working? Like checking in, checking in with everybody. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think what else I do at the moment. It sounds terrible. but Communication is a big one though, eh? Like when, yeah. It's really big, yeah, really, really big, and it's, it's so not interesting one how, way. how mm. that's come up so much. That comes up a lot when we're talking about relationships. When I talk about the house project, just how important communication is. I just I say it to everyone. I'm like, you know, I just I don't care if you make mistakes. I just I just want you to tell me. I just want communication is everything for me. Yeah, that's right. It really is. And we have a saying at work: um, talk to the customer even when you've got nothing to tell them. Yes, brilliant. Like it's so, so important. So we'll ring them and go, hey, we've got no one for that role, <laughs> you know, which it's actually, a, it's not a comfortable thing. Just Initially, it wasn't a comfortable thing to say. And so we tend to avoid the communications that aren't happy and positive and, you know, focused and with um, targets met and everybody getting what they want. So it's kind of like, hey, just checking in, letting you know we've done all this work over the last three days. We still haven't got anybody, but we're working on it. Because they don't know that otherwise. They just know that you've gone quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Have they forgotten about us? Are they working their ass off and not getting anyone? Is there there someone in the pipeline and they're about to deliver them? So, oh, man, communicating even. Yeah, that's such a great rule. Yeah, and look, in all honesty, we're just getting better at that. Like we're at the beginning. You know, this is not something I've nailed. I wish it wish we had, but it's everything's growing, isn't it? Mm. It's like a tree; it's either growing or dying. So most businesses are either moving in a you know in a growth way, which 
create um, growing pains is there for re- you know that's a saying and that actually happens so it's all just being on top of that that change and that growth yeah and you're you're entering a phase where you've never been before that's right you're, you're in a size yeah. of business that you've never had before yeah that's right yeah and and, and last time it got this big uh it got really unruly and i almost lost it i lost control of it, it was a different i was a different person mm. through that and what i learned from that and then all my training about leading and being more dominant as a man or a better leader like i've said on so many podcasts it's impacted my business it's impacted my um my parenting with my children i've got this um I've, I don't know if my son will ever listen to this, but like my middle child of the three that I've got at home, he, um, him and I butt heads a bit, but I've been noticing um, that I've said to him, now respect has always been a big word in my family. I think we need to respect things. We need to respect people. Um, but I've lately been saying to him, you're being disrespectful with the way that you're speaking to me. And I've been saying this to him for about three or four months, maybe longer. And the, do you know what? The other day he said to me, um, oh, I didn't realize that was disrespectful. What he'd said in that moment. Mm. And yeah, it was such a beautiful thing that he said because the communication just suddenly got open. Whereas I realized in that moment to my, and I felt a bit of shame about it is that I'd been telling him stuff was disrespectful, but I hadn't been clear about why or mm. letting him you know, get it and understand it. And I think that's what I, that's, that's what I think about communication is quite often we think we're being communicative or we think we're good at communication, but it's one way. We're not getting the feedback like enough. We've got to give people time to, 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 to feedback and they don't, if they've got no fear, because a lot of times communication is one way because people don't want to communicate back. They might just say yes. Yeah, or they don't know how, or they don't even know. Or they don't know how. They know they're confused, but they don't know how to communicate that. Yeah, it's that's really right. hard. Yeah, that's right. So that's the realm I'm in at the moment, I think. Mm, I love that. It feels like it, it lives in a 100% responsibility as well, which we haven't talked about just like for a while. Like yeah, for a while. Responsibility for being understood. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a big topic, isn't it? Like, well, you can, really, yeah, it is. It is. But yeah. you can take responsibility. You know, we talk a lot about speaking your truth. Um, that's definitely the first step. But you also have to take responsibility for how it lands, whether you were heard in the right way that you know you wanted to be, whether it was yeah. understood. There's a lot of a lot of that. Yeah, that's right, and that's a communication style that's more. Um, incorporating more than just myself Mm. but i have to remember that you know i have to remember to do that and now that i'm talking actually i'm like gosh i haven't done that enough i could do that more i could do that way more Mm. you know like yeah that would bring results for sure yeah very good anything else you want to share in closing i think we've covered a lot today yeah feels like it um no thanks for listening guys um uh Ask us if there's any questions or if there's a way that you um, operate with your inspired action or how you have a discipline or a habit, talk to us in the Facebook group. It'd be great to get some um, yeah, let some us other know. ideas. Really yeah, let us know. Thanks, guys. Have a great couple of days and we'll be back for episode 48 in a couple of days. 
That was the Transformation Bros with Jason and Nathan. 